My Get Up and Go on SAFM. Influential people doing well in their respective fields. Our guest this morning in our Get Up and Go is Tabanglaka. He is a clinical psychologist, a poet, a playwright and author. And he joins me on the line. A very good morning and thank you so much for joining us again. It's always a pleasure. And the last time we had you here, we were talking about depression. And, you know, it was very topical at the time. And this morning we do uh, have you in a very different uh, capacity. It's all about you. Very good morning, Bongani. Uh, good morning. Sorry, Kani. sorry, sorry, Taman. sorry, Taman. <laughs> I'm reading my screen and. <laughs> Uh, uh, my apologies you know what my apologies I'm reading my screen and talking to you, <laughs> to you. <laughs> how are no you problem. I'm alright how are you I'm doing very well thank you so much before we get deep into our conversation let's just start and ask you what is your get up and go your daily routine that gets you up and going well um, I, I usually wake up around 5 um then sometimes I'll bust the baby or my wife would do that, get the kids ready, we get ready, um, get them to school. And um, yeah, and then I, I like my journey to, to work. I usually do, um, it's my reflection time. I do audio books. I, I, I think I pray. Um, I go to work. I give it my best. I come back. I'm a daddy uh, and a husband. Uh, and then work on whatever it is that that's been uh, pressing my mind, and and that's really my my routine. You know, uh, you're a very interesting combination of a lot of different worlds. You know, you are a clinical psychologist, you're a poet and a playwright and an author. How do you marry your your creative side to, I would say, the clinical side of of the psychologist? Um. I think the, the the common thing there is about narrative. Uh, you know, as a psychologist, what you do is you listen to a lot of people's stories and they've got certain narratives that either help them or hurt them. Um, so you're you are always listening to things like that and always trying to find a different perspective. The poetry is the same. Uh, the, the poetry is where I suppose I express myself. Um, I get to think and reflect and then share uh, in, in some of the the, um, the issues that I picked up, so they, they are connected by stories. We are storied people, and stories either help us, encourage us, or they hurt us and keep us in the past. So I'm always somebody who's with stories, whether on stage, whether in the practice, whether on a poetry uh, book. Uh, so the, the common thing would be stories. I just operate them in different platforms, but it's, it's the stories that that really move me. Mm. And uh, what it, what is it that um, you'd love to always, um, you know, share with the people that come to you as far as, um, you know, the mind is concerned? Because as a psychologist, you see patients and, you know, you work with different cases. Do you also then, you know, use the other parts of yourself, you know, in your healing and uh, therapies, you know, in terms of maybe creative outlets, you know, to say, you know, this is what you're going through, maybe try this. Do you find that the other parts of your life help you at your practice to be more diverse and open-minded rather than perhaps just clinical, um, you know, psychology, you know, and, and dealing with your patients, you know, in a clinical way? Yes, um, I think the the two worlds made them marry each other very very nicely. So, for example, I think it was Picasso who said something like, uh, "Fiction uh, is is the lie that tells the truth." Uh, so when you when you are 
when you are able to live in a fictional world or in a world of metaphors or where you can give a patient or a client perspective. I'll give you a simple example. Uh, somebody could come and they're depressed, they have issues with finances. There's a particular story that I know. And if I tell them about the story that I know um, that I, I'd seen somewhere or thought about, and, and without directly telling the person, people are so intelligent that they connect with stories. And then they go and they apply that in their life. I've seen that happen countless times. So instead of telling people what to do, you just give them uh, things, the, the stories that they'll be able to carry. So there is that transition. And for me, it's also an outlet uh, when, I mean, you do quite heavy work. You work with a lot of trauma, a lot of depression, um, a lot of uh, issues that people are going through. So I, I find writing uh, helps me understand. It helps me reflect. It helps me piece together uh, the issue. So my, as a psychologist, it's, it's really wonderful to sit and listen to people and really listen to them, which helps them listen to themselves. Mm. And then when I write and I think, it just helps uh, make it better. And it also gives me uh, the opportunity to then have examples and metaphors to help people uh, again. Now, you are also the author of Focus and Flourish. Tell us about your book and what you share with readers there. So, Focus and Flourish is actually my uh, my fourth book. I'll be launching it next month. I've written The Taxi Philosopher, Corrupting Virgins, and Selfie of the Soul. Uh, in Focus and Flourish, I, I simply argue the point that what you focus on will grow and what you ignore will die. We live in a world where people want to do a lot of things and in fact never really achieve a lot and and my argument is find something that is very important to you put your attention in that you'll get better results in doing in focusing uh in picking as an area you want to master you'll do much more better if you do that versus if you do a thousand other things because you're too distracted your energies are too divided then you don't necessarily have impact Mm. how did you yourself learn the art of focus it's because uh, it's because I do a lot of things. That's why. So I noticed that um, if you are doing a lot of things, you have to. So I was, so I was now a psychologist doing my psychology thing, and now I have to be this this poet. I have to be this person who writes books, and then I realized you have to almost divide yourself. Otherwise, you you excel in one area and you kill the other area. But if you pull them together, if you realize, well, what is it that I'm doing? Then I realize, well, I'm telling narratives. Then I just then have different platforms to do the same thing. So it, it was just living life and then understanding that, oh, I, I need to find out what it is that I I need to, what I love, what moves me, and how is it that I can put in my attention in that thing. So once I, I figured that out, then it is easy to be very productive. So whatever I do, adds, it's like, a, as they say uh, in a story, if you're writing a script, every line must move the story forward. If you're focusing, then every single move that you do moves your story forward. So that's, what, that's how I figured it out. Um, so I'm just one person, but then you excel in different areas because you, you understand how everything is connected and it's leading to a certain direction. And when it comes to motivating yourself, I mean, you spend a lot of time working with others, but what motivates and keeps you going on a daily basis? Um, I would say a, a love for life, uh, a love for people, 
and understanding the fact that tomorrow is not promised. Uh, Kanye, I work in, in hospitals. I, I I work in hospitals. I work in ICU. Sometimes I pass and I see people lying on, on, on hospital beds. Uh, sometimes I'm not even sure that this person will come back. And that gives you a perspective. Most people think tomorrow is promised, but it's not. We don't have time. So I'm, I'm constantly reminded of that. Um, I deal with people who are grieving on a weekly basis. So when you see things like that, can you, you, you realize that um, life is very short. You know, if you live to 80, you'll have 4,000 weekends. Uh, 4,000 weekends, that's if you live to 80. And most of us don't live to 80. So we don't have a lot of time to do a lot of things. So, uh, so what keeps me going is just realizing that, that we actually live on board time. And if you, are, if you can wake up and you're breathing, that's really a gift. And the situation can always get worse. And people don't think about it. They think life is so terrible, but things can get worse than where you are. You think life is terrible, but it can get worse. So when I see things like that, it really makes me want to live. It makes me want to give my best in everything that I do because I understand it's just a privilege to wake up and breathe and to to be able to just do simple things. And when it comes to leadership, what does that mean to you? Um, leadership, uh, I think when you're with a, a bunch of people, uh, one of the things that as a leader you do is you remind people of where you're going. So a leader is somebody who constantly reminds people of the destination. Um, I, I remember I, I was somewhere at a conference, and uh, I think it was Mo Ibrahim. He said something like when he was, I think, at the University of Cairo, as a young man, he once watched Che Guevara and somebody asked him the same question. They said, um, what's a leader? And Che Guevara said something like, uh, a leader is, is, is the first uh, first to die and last to eat. And so leadership is about service. Mm. It's, it's about ensuring that those who are with you get to where they need to go, uh, where you have to sacrifice yourself. You have to put in yourself in other people. You have to invest in other people so that even when you're not around, the things that you stood for are still continuing. That's what a leader does. Um, take people from one direction to, to one, one place to a, a different destination uh, and understanding each different person and maximizing on all their strengths. Uh, but you help them remember that's where we're going, that's where we're going. And you sacrifice a lot of yourself to be able to do that. It's parenting is leadership. That is wonderful. You know, Tabang, I want you to give us that quote by Sheikh Vera again because your line just broke it as you said that quote, and I think it's important for us to catch that. I think that the leader is uh, somebody uh, first to die and last to eat. Um, it's something to that effect that if, mm. if you're a leader, you are the first to die and last to eat. So if you have to face something, you're the one in front. Yeah. And when, when you have achieved things, then you, you let those who are with you eat first and then you you then you you follow later i i found that a very powerful image incredibly powerful and it also just speaks to the selflessness because it takes a selfless leader to do that yes because that's how we're going to replicate ourselves we have to be selfless uh without that then um we can't really achieve much yeah yeah, yeah. Very powerful there. And currently, you know, you are working on your new book that's coming out uh, next month, Focus and uh, Flourish. And what advice would you give to someone who hasn't found their real passion yet? I would say um, 
pay attention. We live in a very busy world. So mm. take some time to really think about what moves your heart. There are many things that are, are happening in your life, but not all of them will move you. So once you find a thing that moves you, that arrests you, that demands your attention, look at that. And then once you find that, apply yourself to do the best wherever you are. And the more you do that, the clearer the picture will become. So if you don't know what to do, just try and do your best wherever you are and keep thinking and reflecting about what really matters to you. Because not everything in your life will matter. But think about what matters to you and then do your best in, in, in whatever you, you do. And then you, the picture will start getting clearer and clearer and clearer. And then you'll start moving in the right direction. But just find something and do something, find a cause, find something that, that you, you, you want to give yourself to. Uh, then I, I found that your, your picture, that where you need to go will, will eventually come to you because you, you'd, you'd be moving in, in the direction you're supposed to be moving. And Tabang, is there a, a quote or an inspirational message that you live by that you can share with our listeners? Um... I think whatever your your hand finds to do, do with all your might. And just remember that tomorrow is not promised. Uh, there's a myth of tomorrow. Uh, there's no such thing. In South Africa, 40 people die, more than 40 people die on the roads every day. Uh, 50-odd people are killed. And you can think about how many people die in hospitals every day, each mm. hospital. Life is precious. So just... Whatever you do, do do it with everything that matters. So find important things that you want to do. Do them with all your heart. But remember, your your time is borrowed. And just just live life uh, because it, it can be taken away from you. And uh, finally, before we, we let you go, uh, how can people get in touch with you on social media and perhaps also start pre-booking your book? Okay, so I'm um, Facebook, Tawantlaka Clinical Psychologist, uh, on Twitter, Tawantlaka, uh, Instagram, Tawantlaka. I've got a website as well, www.tawantlaka.co.za. Um, and our office line would be 012-323-5926. And before we let you go, you also have the Creative Hub, Crazy Poetic uh, Ministries. When are your services? Uh, yes, so if so, if if we now we'll actually be launching a couple of books next year, even in that regard, people can also uh, just Google us uh, at www.crazypoeticministries, uh, uh, and then they'll get all the information that they need to do. We we in fact shot a film this year, and we'll be doing uh, more interesting things next year. Perfect. All the best uh, to you and to keep us informed with all the wonderful things that you are doing. And of course, we'd love to see your book and we'd love to bring you back to talk more about uh, the book that is uh, Tabang Tlaga. Uh, there he is, a clinical psychologist. He's an author. He's a creative as well. He's a playwright and a poet. It is nine minutes before five o'clock. Here's the sounds of Groove Theory with Tell Me straight after that to this new day.